Hello, my friends, and welcome to this episode of Numa. I'm your host, Daniel Finneran, and I'm very pleased that you've decided to join me. Today, I'll be leading you on a thoughtful, peaceful guided meditation to be performed while you enjoy the natural splendor of the beach. At this point, I expect you to have unburdened yourself of the heavy bag into which piles of rolled-up magazines, half-read novels, ice-cold drinks, and delicious, crunchy snacks have been stuffed. To have unrobed yourself of the fashionable cover-up flip-flops, fanny pack, sunglasses, and hat in which you were so stylishly clad. And, most important of all, to have liberated yourself from the cares of the office, the clamors of the street, the vicissitudes of the market, and the worries of the busy, restless world from which we're taking the time to step away. That we leave behind as we enter into this blissful, meditative moment. For the next 15 to 20 minutes, those trivial concerns mean nothing to us. Let us forget them all. The present moment demands and, frankly, deserves your full and undivided attention. Direct that attention, first and foremost, to your standing posture. Feel your body as a collective whole, as one uninterrupted unit. Give it a quick scan, from toes to tongue, and head to heels. Move your attention down and up, and up and down your body. As you do so, acknowledge, if only briefly, every single part of your body. Very good. Now, we're going to breathe 
we're going to inhale for a count of about four seconds. Hold the breath for an equal amount of time, four seconds, and exhale for double the amount of time, eight seconds. Don't rush through these breaths. While you breathe, I want you to be mindful of the fresh, wild aroma that surrounds you, by which the pregnant air is permeated and infused, of the warm, salty fragrance with which your nostrils are tickled and your lungs filled of the great oceanic perfume, that ineffable scent by which, since time immemorial, every shore has been kissed, every coast graced, whose mighty ancient mist sighs dewy sweetness on every corner of the globe. Let's breathe. If you just want to exist in these breaths a little while longer, you can pause this episode right here. Continue to breathe if it suits you. Take in the fullness, the saltiness, the sweetness of this heavenly perfumed air. Let's now attend to our feet. How rare it is for them to be freed from their oppressive, constrictive shoes. Tis an emancipation devoutly to be wished. Scan from front to back, back to front, the bottoms of your feet. Between them and the millions, if not billions of grains of sand, innumerable connections are being formed. An undetectable buzz 
like an invisible wave of energy and force, carries its quiet current between them. Your feet are now enlivened as never before. Concentrate on the texture of the sand. Use your feet to feel it, to appreciate it, to know it as you would with your hands. There's no reason why the genius for discernment of the one can't be as keen as the other. Let your toes splay out. Try to press out in one direction your pinky toe as far as you can while doing the same to your big toe in the other. Try with your toes to grasp as much sand as you can hold. Curl your toes and really hold it. Relax and feel the sand not touch, but caress every last millimeter of your flesh. Again, splay your toes out and bring them in again. Let them extend and recoil, stretch and curl. Repeat this a few times. This is an excellent way to strengthen your feet and to give some play, some necessary play, through the joints. Should you be so unfortunate as to suffer from plantar fasciitis, moving your toes this way can help to provide some relief. Examine the sand atop which you stand. What is its consistency? Is it densely packed? Is it perhaps closer to the shoreline, along which the indefatigable tide laves the earth? Is it firm and unyielding, damp? and squishy, muddy and malleable? Or are you far displaced from the shore, perched instead in the hot, soft, hilly dunes where the turtles lay their eggs and the sun bathers recline? Are you standing in those big yellow yielding mounds whose integrity collapses beneath the weight of the smallest pressure. 
The slightest shift of your body causes their entire edifice to fall down. Or are you somewhere in between? Wherever you stand, shift your weight from left to right and right to left. Now shift it from front to back and back to front. Notice if in the soft sand, the challenge to your balance. Are you equal to the challenge? I've no doubt that you are. I want you now to move your attention away from your feet and the sand toward the immeasurable, picturesque, awesome vista before you. The expansive ocean and the distant horizon. I mean, of course, to use awesome in its original sense, that which is full and stimulative of awe, that by which you're at once overwhelmed, inspired, terrified, uplifted, and made to feel quite puny. For is that not what the ocean is? Is that not its main appeal? Is that not the profound effect it has on your soul? The magnetic force that draws you inexorably toward it. It reminds you, ultimately, of your smallness. It helps to restore you and your overgrown self-image to its proper dimension and size. It brings you back into proportion. It clarifies and fixes your blurred perspective. It contrasts without uttering a word of offense your pettiness to its greatness, your delicacy to its robustness, while flaunting a size around whose dizzying girth you can't begin to wrap your head. As you gaze out at the boundless mass of water, that shifting, mountainous landscape of lambent green and dazzling blue. I want you to appreciate its vastness. 
breathe slowly and allow your eyes to track left and right and right and left. Their task is to comprehend the entire scene before them. Look directly out at the horizon. Scan its width from side to side. What a mysterious spectacle of nature this is. Think about the unfathomable depth atop which this faint azure string is stretched. Its taut cord is intertwined by sky and sea, air and ocean, blue and more cerulean blue. As its fibers are pulled from one corner of the globe to the next. Think about the thousands of miles that stretch beyond its thin blue line. A most deceitful limit at which the human eye begins to falter and mislead. Think of the light years of heaven that are suspended above it and the leagues of undiscovered trenches below. What is it about this image, the sea and the horizon and the sky, that affects us so? The answer, it's sublimity. It is sublime. That, and that alone, is the reason it impacts you so deeply. The reason you feel something to which mere words, no matter the power of their poetic expression, can do no real justice. The reason you see something of which even the finest painting be it by Thomas Cole or J. M. W. Turner, will always and inevitably fall short. Just continue to breathe, take in the horizon, and listen to these few words I have to say about the sublime. Edmund Burke, the great Irish conservative parliamentarian, examined the sublime in his immortal treatise on aesthetics, a philosophical enquiry into the origins of our ideas of the sublime and beautiful. A lengthy title in which a compact idea is elegantly contained.
The sublime is that by which we're overawed, terrified, and made to feel the presence of something much grander than ourselves, maybe even something divine. The sublime, of which the ocean is but one excellent example, provokes in us very strong emotions. The strongest, in fact, that we might ever feel. It does something significant to our soul. It speaks to us in a primitive tongue for which, with all our refinement and learning, we haven't yet developed a formal language. It's an intercourse rather felt than understood. It evades rationality and chuckles at analysis, dances around dictionaries and escapes our hopeless grasp. As Burke notes, the magnitude of the sublime causes astonishment. How can it be so big? How can it be so unthinkably deep? What vital secrets live beneath its placid surface? What life forms flourish in its imponderable deeps? Astonishment is the effect of the sublime. Is there nothing more astonishing than the sea? Here's something to think about. The sublime induces terror. The mystery of the ocean's vastness and depth is terrifying. We love nothing better than to look out on it and yet it is, without a doubt, a frightful picture to behold. Beneath it, an aquatic world, of which we have only the slimmest conception, populated by creatures among whom we could never live, reduces our common terrestrial world to insignificance. As Burke says, greatness of dimension is a powerful feature of the sublime. Except for the sky, is there any dimension that's greater? Any vastness that's larger? Its dimensions flirt with the infinite. Infinity, which is what you see until your eye tricks you at the point of the horizon, has a tendency to fill the mind with that sort of delightful horror. Ah, yes, delightful horror. According to Burke, by whom this wonderful term was coined, delightful horror is the most 
genuine effect and truest test of the sublime. It reveals itself in but a few things. Mountain ranges, precipitous canyons, the bedazzled night sky, and yes, the boundless sea. The second half of Burke's essay, in which the concept of the beautiful is treated, will be saved for another episode. In brief, the beautiful is that which is delicate, smooth, fragile, and small. If you look down at your feet and happen to notice a small, smooth, milky white seashell, you are at looking at something beautiful. Contrast this with the sublime ocean from which this lovely little shell was disgorged. For a complete appreciation of aesthetics, both are needed. The sublime and the beautiful. Between the two, a perfect balance is struck. I want you to continue looking out at and appreciating the sea, the sky, and the thinly drawn horizon separating the two. Think about the sublimity of which their convergence is the creation. Think about the grandeur, the immensity, the glory, and the antiquity of the scene. It's a scene upon which many, many generations of humans have likewise gazed. You are but a member of the most recent, and an equal number will succeed as have preceded you. They too have experienced and shall experience the sublime. They too have been immersed in its awesome vastness. This all humans hold in common. We'll finish today's beach meditation with four more breaths. Again, just as before, we'll breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, and exhale for eight seconds. We'll repeat this four times.
as you complete your final breath. I want you to let your mind linger for a short while on thoughts of the sublime. There could be nothing greater. Thank you so much for joining me on today's meditation about the sand, the sea, and the sublime. You can listen to this episode on my podcast, Numa by Daniel Finnerin, or on my YouTube channel. Please, if you'd be so kind, subscribe, follow, Leave a five-star rating and a flattering comment. You can email me at numa.finnerin at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch. With that, I bid you farewell. From Numa.